you sick and tired of the financial bondage that's been holding you back? Are you ready to take charge of your finances to cut your mortgage payment in half while reducing your taxes significantly? If yes, then this podcast is for you. Fiscal Fitness and Freedom can pay off the national debt in less than 10 years. So from humble beginnings of just about $500, Scott built a billion-dollar mortgage company. So here's your host, Scott Smith. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. I'm Laura Lewis. I'm here with Scott Smith. How are you doing today? Doing good. Awesome. I wanted to continue our discussion. Um, we had a previous episode where we were discussing technologies that you're involved with. Previous one was the financial technology, structured mm -hmm. finance and private mm -hmm. equity. What else are you working on? I'm invested in two other companies that are tech companies and sit on the board on those companies. One of them is called Fathom, which if you were going to look it up, it's F-A-T-H-Y-M.com. The other company is called Massively Parallel, and it's MassivelyParallel.com. It's a parallel processing company. So Massively Parallel's technology, it's got a technology that takes software and decomposes it into its pieces, turns it into something called a talp. And then once it's in talp form, it parallelizes it, which means that it can run up to a thousand percent faster once it's parallelized. Wow. And it's parallelization is, it's, a, it's especially important today because computers have been getting faster because their clock speeds get faster, the processors get faster. There's and that was called Moore's Law, and that ended a long time ago. And so that's one of the reasons they've been building multi-core processors. So the code can run on two or four processors at the same time. But the challenge has been that most code is not parallelized out there. Because it's very, it, I mean, it's tough enough to write code. I'm not a coder, thank God. I can't <laughs> imagine being a coder. But you're right, code, writing code is challenging. And if you're trying to figure out how to take the math involved and the analysis involved and distribute it so it runs over multiple cores at the same time, that's hard. You can take tasks, like let's say it's an ATM machine, it's going to look up your account balance and it's also going to look up your ID and it's going to look at your pen. Those, that's like three tasks. You could make them happen at the same time on different processors. So task level parallelization is out there, but what some people call the loop level parallelization, parallelization of the code itself, the math itself, that's challenging. And that's where we have a number of patents and breakthroughs that are called TALP. And TALPs allow code, once you break code down, decompose it, and you put it in the form of TALPs, what we've found is it can be automatically parallelized. And that's a big deal because Heretofore, it's always a manual processor process that the code that the coders have to do. So this allows you to take all the old code out there and uh, and decompose it and parallelize it and get it to run much faster on the cloud. And you can also, if you're developing new code, you don't have to go hand parallelize it. Once you've finished it, you decompose it and use helps to parallelize it, make it run much faster. So our target on this, of course, are the chip manufacturers and the cloud providers. So that'd be like Amazon and Microsoft and chips or NVIDIA, AMD, Intel, because 
it makes the chip run faster, or it also makes the cloud run faster because the chip's running faster. So the exit probably would be a cloud provider or a chip manufacturer buying it and then just blowing out that technology to give their chip or their cloud an advantage. And the need for it is particularly high today because AI is a processing hog. That's, you've seen discussions like, what's the, what's the green footprint, you know, the carbon footprint <laughs> right? AI. And as AI is used more, it just means more consumption of electricity, more consumption of power. So parallelizing code makes it run way faster and more efficiently. And in fact, the only hope that we have enough chips to run all the code that needs to be run, say, 10 years out, is that we find some way for it to run that much faster and that much more efficiently. So we think that's a core technology that we've developed at Massively Parallel that will be useful to a lot of different industries. Is this, you mentioned the carbon before AI, is that similar to how it could help with crypto? I know I remember somebody had like a garage set up with like crypto mining and their electric bill was like out of control, which I didn't realize just because I use my laptop, I plug it in, I call it a day. But apparently it's like a very demanding technology. That's an inefficiency in the crypto system that they hadn't thought about in the early design. The idea of having people have to mine for co for coins was simply a way to to control the rate at which they come out. You know, the mining process gets more complicated, the bigger the co coins that are out there. So there are a lot more efficient ways that you could control that. And I think that mining for crypto, that approach might go by the wayside someday because it's such an unnecessary use. And parallelization won't help that actually. It's designed, <laughs> it's designed to consume cycles. Parallelization helps AI run better. It, it helps in like encryption and um, security, computer security. It's great for gaming, you know, much more realistic screens, better response time, things like that. So parallelizing code and making it more efficient help in many areas, helps in modeling, it certainly helps in the energy field, you know, what 4D seismic processing, where you're trying to image oil fields and get more oil out of them and be more efficient right. in that. That's that's a computational hog. And so what about like in the government space? Are you guys doing anything uh, there? We've done a lot of work with the government. Yeah, they're they're very big on parallelizing code. We've delivered a lot of tech to them over the years. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're searching for clues on things or if in the intelligence community, your image processing, you need parallel processing. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so you mentioned Fathom. Is Fathom similar? How does it work into the equation? It's kind of a sister sister company. What it does, it, it was designed to make it a lot easier to write an application using what are called low code units. But still giving total freedom to the developer because there's a lot of low-code platforms out there where you're wed to the platform you're using their units and you can build something cool but it's constrained so what the two companies are working on together is when you talpify code or you decompose code or you're writing new code as talps can you make those talps low-code units and so then that would allow you to just sort of drop and drag and build applications out of that. So Fathom does allow you to do that. 
but what they're doing right now is teaching chat GTP or a version of AI to use Fathom to do things. So in other words, if you go, if you use chat GTP, we'll write code. If you know how to give it prompts and tell it the app to run it on or a framework to run it on, but to put all that together into, you know, multi-part application and provision it to the cloud, it can't do that. And so Fathom becomes its crutch or its tool to do that. So if you teach AI to use Fathom, then you can ask the AI to write the code, and then you can ask it to use Fathom to put it all together on the cloud for you. Oh, wow. And so that's what Fathom does. It's pretty exciting stuff. It, it's so, open, like, yeah. I don't know anything about coding. Would someone yeah. like me with like no knowledge of it be able to use it to create something, or do I need like a little bit more basic knowledge the goal for sure is to allow everyone to be able to write applications and create things you know create music to do art and things like that or build their own site it's not to the stage that you don't need to know anything to prompt it so what they're actually doing at fathom that i think is ingenious is not only are they teaching the ai to use fathom to do things that ai can't do but they're teaching the AI to ask the user the right question. You see, so like that's if the you most go important in, part, like, <laughs> right? It will it will be able to query you to get prompt to understand what you're talking about. And wow. so, depending on how successful that is, depends on how easy it becomes for the layperson to use to write code that doesn't know anything about code. Right. So it's going in that direction. Yeah. That's so the two. The two companies do work hand in hand, and I think, you know, it's pretty cool to build something out of low-code units and then but allow MPT to auto-parallelize it. So not only have you built something faster and cheaper and easier through low-code units, but it's, it's running processing way faster. Wow. Yeah. So we think that the two companies kind of go hand in hand and that the cloud providers and chip manufacturers will be interesting in them because of that. Amazing. That was our most technical <laughs> episode. And somehow today. I feel like I understood. <laughs> Good. That's what I was trying. I'm, I barely understand it. I spend my day racking my brain on these different things to see how they fit together. <laughs> yeah. No, they're exciting. It's just, I think that, you know, my perspective on these things as I look at a lot of different companies out there, is that what technology is going to be able to do, you know, five years down the road, it's just, it's just mind boggling. We're, the stuff that gets pressed today doesn't really scratch the surface. Right. Of what we're doing in energy, material science, all, all of these types of things. I think our environmental hopes tied to technology, our future standard of living ties to technology. Technology really matters. And that's why I'm interested in the economics because economics is single biggest constraining factor in the future. So that's ironic. The one thing we control the most that's under <laughs> our laws, not natural laws, constrains our progress in that other area. Kind of interesting, isn't it? That really is. It's one of those things that you're, <laughs> it's very perplexing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if people are interested in those companies, you can go to massivelyparallel.com and Fathom, which is F as in Frank, A-T-H-Y-M.com. 
And if you're a developer, check it out. (laughs) Thank you so much, Scott. This is great. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. So that's it for today's episode of Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value. Grand prize drawing for a private VIP mentoring session with Scott Smith himself. Be sure to head on over to FiscalFitnessAndFreedom.com and pick up a copy of Scott's blueprint to discovering your own unique formula to personal success. And join us on the next episode.